Welcome back to Headline Monday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer. And what Headline Monday is, is I go through the headlines of the NFL on Monday. So without further ado, let's get right into it. The first one I got on the list is the Steelers remain undefeated, beating the Tennessee Titans to advance to 6-0. But I am concerned about the Steelers moving forward. Now, before I talk about this, if you want a more in-depth podcast to listen to for 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 my reaction to the Steelers Titans game, go back one to listen to the Sunday Night Steelers show. I talk way more in depth about it and just give in-game examples because I recorded it like I don't know, like 30 minutes after the game ended, so my mind was still fresh with it. This is a very basic version of what I said there. So if you're interested to hear more, listen to that one. But what I got here is that Pittsburgh started the game off going into halftime, actually, twenty up 24-7. Pittsburgh was simply outplaying Tennessee in every way. The Steelers looked incredible, and Tennessee was just playing bad football. They were just getting outplayed. But then Tennessee scores 17 unanswered points and misses the game-tying field goal. And you start thinking, well, what the hell happened? Was Tennessee just started to play this great, just this great game? No. No. Tennessee was not playing great football. I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, they scored 17 unanswered points. Yeah, dude. After Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick fucking hesitated after A.J. Brown beat his man for a slant and A.J. Brown got a 73-yard touchdown where Minka just should have ran at him. But all right, big, big, big plays happen. This Titans offense is very good. A.J. Brown is a very good wide receiver. That happens. But then the Titans go trotting down the field. They're at the one-yard line. Boom, it's fourth and goal. Pittsburgh gets a goal line stand, but there's a flag on the field. Minka Fitzpatrick holding on defense, a brand-new set of downs, touchdown Titans. I'm not saying that it's Minka's fault that they were back into that game because I think that's a blanket statement. I think that's stupid. There's so much that goes into a football game to pin it on one player or one play is stupid. But that just gives an example that Pittsburgh could have stopped Tennessee. Tennessee was not playing this great game of football. It was just Pittsburgh's mistakes bringing them back in. And that was only on the defensive side of things. On the offensive side of things, Big Big Ben for that second half was playing so sloppy, throwing three interceptions in the last 31 minutes of the game because I'm counting that last minute of the first half. But, but what I'm getting at here is the Steelers gave up so much momentum and started to crumble so quickly all because of one big play that was stoppable. And that big play was the A.J. Brown touch, touchdown. And when you're playing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens who can gain momentum in a matter of a play and the Steelers just crumble under momentum in a matter of a play, when you give the Ravens or the Chiefs momentum, you simply cannot crumble. And I'm afraid that's what the Steelers may do when they play the Ravens next week. I'm afraid that's what the Steelers may do 
when they potentially play Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers, such a talented team. Best defense in the NFL. But the fact that I watched them crumble just for no apparent reason, it was just the Steelers just started to play so bad. I'm concerned about the Steelers team moving forward because of how quickly the momentum just flipped. And it wasn't even the... And it wasn't even like the Titans started playing this great game. It was Pittsburgh was just shooting themselves in the foot every two minutes, it seemed like. So Pittsburgh played a great game for the first half. Second half, not so much. Just held on to that lead. But a win is a win. Now, how do I see the Titans? What this game showed me that the Titans are is that they're very beatable if you have a great front seven. Pittsburgh has a great front seven and was able to hold Derrick Henry, and they forced Ryan Tannehill to to beat them through throwing the ball. That's not what Ryan Tannehill does. No. <laughs> so what that game showed me is if you have a great front seven, you can beat the Titans become very beatable because the Titans are a second-tier team in the AFC behind the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. The Titans are a great team, but they're behind can't but but they are behind Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. So again, if you want to hear more in depth talk about that, go to yesterday's podcast. Moving on to the Sunday night overtime thriller last night where the Cardinals outdueled Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks late into overtime. Let's get into what this game means for, for both teams. What this game showed me for Seattle was that Russell Wilson has to play damn near flawless for them to win against quality teams. Russell Wilson threw for 388 yards, three three touchdowns, and three interceptions, one of the interceptions being the crucial, well, game-losing pick in overtime. But given the circumstance... Kyler Murray just outdueled Russell Wilson on primetime television, throwing for 360 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. I get that Seattle has a trash defense, but if Kyler can do it, if Kyler Murray can do it, so can other great quarterbacks. What this game showed was it showed what we already knew. Seattle's defense is trash. It is the weakest part of any contending team of of maybe the I don't know the five six teams that can win a Super Bowl I think Seattle is one of them and this is such a horrid defense it is the weakest part of any it is the weakest group of any contending team what this game showed me for Arizona is that they're a legit playoff team And this is only the second season that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are together. And only the first season that 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 duo has DeAndre Hopkins. So that is very scary that they're 5-2 and and beating a Seattle team coming off of a bye week. This Cardinals defense is 10th in opponent points per game. They are 9th in sacks and their offense is 9th in points per game. This is a top 10 football team. This team is very, very, this is just a quality football team. Where where they lack is if they had a more substantial running game with Kenyon Drake only averaging 
2.9 yards per carry if you do not count the Cowboys game because he was playing the Cowboys. And if they had Chandler Jones to rush the passer, I would say this team is a Super Bowl contender, but it's too early in the Kingsbury-Murray-Hopkins trio to be saying that. But this is a fantastic team. So what this game showed me for Seattle was that, well, their defense, it, it, it showed what we already knew, but we just haven't seen them lose because of their just defense playing horrible yet. We already knew that Seattle's defense was very, very bad, but they were still winning. Now, they lost. Russell Wilson, you got to play damn near flawless. Three interceptions? Mm-mm. Hell no. But, I mean, in this game, though, Tyler Lockett did get 53 fantasy points just chilling on my bench, so that's some shit right there. But what this game showed for Arizona was that they're a legit playoff team. I don't think they are a contender, but... I mean, they can make a playoff push. I mean, they can make a push in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. This team is very, very good. Just their only issues, like just long-term, when I say long-term, I'm talking like two, three years. Their main issues is their running game and the fact that Chandler Jones is hurt. If they can get another great pass rusher there, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would just be scary. Yeah. Those are my takeaways from the Sunday Night Thriller. Uh, yeah. Moving forward to what will Antonio Brown look like with Tampa Bay. Tom Brady just threw for four touchdowns and scored 45 points against the Las Vegas Raiders. And they're getting one of the most talented receivers of all time here soon. But I think this is better than A.B. going, going to the Ravens. Antonio Brown, as we all know, is a diva hothead receiver, not much of a team player. But, I mean, Bruce Arians did address this by saying, be a team player or be gone. This offense is the most talented offense ever. There is no disputing that. There's no debate. They just signed Antonio Brown, who is one of the most talented receivers ever. Antonio Brown's stats speak for themselves. He is incredible. But the reason why I think that this is better than him going to Baltimore was with Tampa having great players across the board, I can see a potential blow-up. I, I can see a potential ego clash in Tampa. And I'd rather have that than give Baltimore a reliable passing game because Lamar Jackson with a tr- true number one, just insanely talented receiver we see what Kyler Murray is doing with DeAndre Hopkins would be beyond scary it would be fucking frightening their offense would instantly get so much better so I'm very happy that he did not go to Baltimore him him going to Tampa Bay is very scary they now have Mike Evans Chris Chris Godwin Antonio Brown Scotty Miller Cameron Brait OJ Howard Rob Gronkowski, LaShawn McCoy, Ronald Jones, and Leonard Fournette. I have I counted those one by one. That's 10 players. That's 10 people. And they have a fantastic offensive line, a fantastic defense. This Buccaneers team is so scary. This is a great pickup if A B can be a team player because 
That's because I really don't want to see the potential blow up, the this potential ego clash that the receivers may have. I really don't want to see that because this offense can do special things. We are witnessing something historic, and I hope he can be a team player because I want to see this offense just really just play well together. But if he can't, then it could spell doom for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It could be a potential blow up and it could blow up right in their faces moving forward to two afc east teams that have looked really strange these last two to three weeks and let's just get to the first one that is the new england patriots the patriots look bad this is clearly not the same bill belichick led team and we all knew that the style of play would be different with cam in instead of tom brady but the main difference is, is that the Patriots are now 2-4, and four, and in the last two games, they've scored 18 com- total points. This is not the same dogfight, low-scoring defensive juggernaut team, and the offense can't bail the defense out when they need to be bailed out, with Cam being sloppy, with damn near no weapons. The Patriots, with Cam as their starting quarterback, average 21 points per game, and and have, and as I've previously mentioned, have only scored 18 points the last two weeks. And as I don't think Cam's job should be in jeopardy, I think the seats should be warming up. Like, these are two bad weeks straight. But this team overall just needs more talent, especially on offense. They, they need a number one receiver. They need a true number one running back. And their offensive line could could use some work. It's not a main thing. It's not one of their main needs. But I mean, it could it could use some work. This should be a down year for New England, but let's consider that they're only a month removed from scoring 30 points in back-to-back weeks. So maybe so maybe this is just a down two 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 to three weeks as they try to recover from the whole from the whole uh from the whole COVID thing. So, who knows? But as of right now, the Patriots, they they look bad. They look really bad. Moving on to the second team from the AFC East that I would like to talk about. That is the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, although they won, could not score a touchdown against the Jets. There's something wrong here. After losing back-to-back weeks against the Titans and the Chiefs, I viewed this game as just a lay-in game to the Jets. Like, you're putting up 40 points, just score a bunch of points and get the hell out. The defense played very well. I mean, they played barely in offense, but they only allowed 10 10 points, and I think got two turnovers. It It could have been one, but yeah, they got some turnovers. Over the last three weeks, the Bills have scored 17 points per game after starting off scoring 30 points per game. 17 after playing after starting off with 30 points per game. The Bills have hit a major roadblock with a defense that is average being 15th in both total yards allowed per game and opponent points per game. The defense ha- I mean excuse me, the offense has to step up if if they want to be contenders and the offense was stepping up in the first 4 weeks. Now they're not stepping up, and look at what's happening. They're in a close game against the Jets, and they're losing to two of to just two better teams. 
the Bills have hit a roadblock, and as I don't think there is one clear solution for all their problems of how to get back to being a top-tier t- team for the AFC, the Bills' offense just needs to get more big plays. They they need to be scarier. Like, I mean, I was looking through the stats, and I couldn't find one clear issue. They just need to get the ball in the end zone. They attempted eight field goals. How do you do that without getting in the end zone once? That There is a cause for concern there. Um, just overall, I think the Bills will be okay. I think they'll be able to recover from this. The Patriots, I don't know. I I don't know about the Patriots. Like their their talent level is very low. They don't have the surplus of talent, and I think it's coming back to bite them in the ass these last three weeks. So, yeah. To finish this podcast off, I'd like to talk about just two smaller subjects, and without further ado, let's just talk about it. The two rookie quarterbacks that played this week looked incredible. The The Bengals and Chargers did fantastic this draft, and I really believe that they found their franchise quarterbacks. Yes, yesterday, Joe Burrow threw for 406 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick off a 74% com, com, completion rate, leading his team to 34 to, total points without Joe Mixon. Justin Herbert threw for 347 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, off of a decent 63% completion rate, leading his teams to 39 total points. I get that the Bengals lost, and they're a one-win team. And I mean, the the Chargers won, trying to get a little bit momentum going for the season. But yeah, that's it. These guys look great. Both of these teams hit it out of the park. The second thing I'd like to talk about, then it's time to wrap this up, is that the Cowboys, I feel bad for them. Their defense being as shit as it is, they needed their offense to to step up. And yesterday, the Cowboys fell to 2-5, and five, scoring three points in the process and losing their backup quarterback, Andy Dalton. Everyone is injured for the Cowboys. Their offensive line is dead decimated they 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 have some third stringers getting playing time this is bad their defense already trash their offense is gonna have to be playing a seventh rounder from jmu everyone is out i feel kind of bad zeke cannot carry a team get mike mccarthy and mike nolan the hell up out of there that's going to do it for for me today if you enjoyed this share it with your friends if not share it with your friends Follow me on Twitter at Stuttering Prods, that's Stuttering P-R-O-D-S, and Instagram at that guy who talks about the sports. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you have a good one.